welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bass. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Work's been incredibly stressful uh, I'm sorry. this week, so I'm trying to get to a... Uh, I said that last week, too. I, yeah, I guess it's just a r- rough summertime. Yeah. But it doesn't make me miss... It's the heat. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I can stand it. I stay in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> you may I, stay in the kitchen. Although I didn't see the kitchen. Yeah, not a lot uh, of people did. Yeah, apparently not. Um, oh, I had something for this, and I can't remember. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say that I don't... For all as for stressful at work as my summer has been, I don't miss summer vacations as a kid. I guess I miss the idea of not having to do that much, but I still, I was like on the swim team. My, mm. my parents are ones that made us read and do math during the, like to, during the summer to keep wow. up our, cause pe- there are studies that show that students lose so much over the summer sure. of, of what they've, of what they've learned. So I had to, I had like workbooks and books that I had to read wow. that I had to do math every, every summer I was on the swim team. I was getting up at seven o'clock in the morning anyway. So I guess I don't think that highly I like to it. think I retained the important stuff uh, in the summer. Sure. Uh, so I don't really miss it. And I just like, I wouldn't trade any, like I, as stressful as my job is yeah. and like I'm getting old and you know, I'm not old, old, but I'm like in my, I'm not a kid anymore. You know, um, you stopped I, being a spring chicken a couple, couple years ago. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back. I'm as happy as I've ever been in my life. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, that's an interesting, Oh yeah, no, not, not for me. Uh, I'm as happy as I've ever been. And yet I'm also, constantly depressed and terrified about the future because of climate change which i can't stop thinking about and only ever. because of that mostly because of that also because of obviously the rise of uh white nationalism and fa- fascism oh in our country and across the world that's scary too um, i just don't like me i mean uh, i don't like most uh, things but i I, uh, I think i'm pretty great I, no that's not true <laughs> um but uh yeah, th- th- this went down a weird road where I just like because I've been stressed out at work lately. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, climate change is scary. Um, the recent violence in the news, mm-hmm. including that they were recording this uh, just now. Yeah, you, you guys probably haven't even noticed. Oh, no. Yeah, it's um, yeah, everything's terrible, and so I'm trying try, trying to remind myself mm-hmm. that uh, um, I'm good, but that doesn't mean that uh, I guess I should use my being safe sure to help others like i you're coming from a a place of strength uh in in so far as like you don't have as much to worry about as some people and so i you know i try to uh uh, i I try to donate money here and there i've been thinking about donating my time a little more often i've done that in the past haven't done it too recently Been thinking about doing that more often um I have gotten this podcast listed as a charity, so you're <laughs> donating your time right now, David. Uh, anyway, so you asked me how I am. That's my rambling thing about how I am. Well, Terrified glad- and yet aware of the fact that my life is pretty great. Well, I, you know what? I'm glad that you answered the question for real. You know what yeah. I mean? As opposed to just, I'm doing fine. Like that's a real, uh, a real question. Uh, yeah. well, I didn't ask it real. I ask it cause it's what I always ask, but, uh, sure. but I always appreciate a real answer. And it reminds me of, uh, years ago, uh, I was on, I think it was, I was on, uh, Hey, watch this. Uh, you were not there. I was filling oh, okay. in for you. So it was me and Paul and we were watching it up and we were talking about an episode of community in which, uh, the Jeff Winger character is contemplating getting older and how he wishes he were young and then is faced with the reality that like yes of course there are things that I 
I, I think back on the past and it feels safe to me and thus it feels like a, like a better place or an easier place to live. But Paul and I just like the show itself came to the conclusion, like, no, it's pretty cool that I can right now get in my car and go where I want to go. Now, granted, I do have a wife. And so like, just out of consideration, I would say, uh, Hey, I'm going to head out, but I don't have to do that. And I can go and uh, rent a car, uh, and wow. I can drink and I yeah. can, uh, get a loan. Like, uh, Jen and I just bought a, a, a new refrigerator cause ours, uh, was not getting things cold enough on and, the fritz. Uh, it was on the, the fridge, the fridge was on the fritz. Yeah. Um, and so we bought a new refrigerator and it was like, it sounds weird, but it's like, Oh, we've never bought like a new, an actual new appliance before. And it's working so well <laughs> that I'm, I'm thrilled because it's one of those things. Like, I don't think I quite realized how shitty the old one was until this new one actually got my uh, water bottle as cold as I like it. Um, oh. And so it's just, what? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've never bought a new fridge fridge. Mm. I do own a wine fridge. My wife and I do oh. have a wine fridge because the regular fridge is too cold for wine. But the sure. temperature is too warm for wine. Oh, man. you got to replicate that cellar cool. Exactly. And, of course, it's a dual temperature one. You've got the, Obviously. Uh, the, the, the whites on the top at the slightly lower. Uh, As it should you be. You know, around, around, <laughs> around 11 degrees Celsius. Damn. And around uh, the, the red's down at about 14, 15 degrees Celsius on the bottom half. This, I like, these are important things to learn as you get older, the correct... And uh, temperature of wine. Here's the thing. I wouldn't say it's important, except it's important to you. Like, it's the kind of thing that I, as li- I try to mark milestones in my adult life, which is what is the most boring, what's the most ex- thing that is exciting, thing that is most exciting for me now that would also be simultaneously most boring for me when I was younger? New fridge. <laughs> is way up there. The other one was, I was once emailing with our friend, uh, Josh long a few years ago about what kind of electric razor he likes, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, like an electric beard trimmer. And, uh, in that moment I was like, all right, make a mental note because I'm excited about this beard trimmer. And the younger me would be like, what on earth are you wasting your time with? But so uh, younger listeners, get ready. This is your future. And when you're in it, you'll actually be pretty excited about and it. And hopefully you'll have the privileges that Tyler and I have to enjoy fridge, refrigerators of all kinds. Damn right. Um, uh, and another note on wine fridges, because uh, okay. I, I feel like <laughs> I know it feels like an extravagance, a wine fridge, and it is. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, and I'm not even saying to be a wine collector, but okay. if you're going to be a person who cares about good wine and buys better than grocery store wine. Like if you go to wineries and buy wine, it is stupid not to have a wine fridge. If you're going to spend 30 bucks a bottle on wine, as opposed to like the 10 to 15 you buy Mm -hmm. at a a grocery store, why would you then go take it home and stick it in your hot, like uh, cabinet or whatever, like a wine fridge, like to me, to me, if you, if you think a wine fridge is stupid, then don't get into wine. If you're going to get into wine, oh. then it's stupid not to get a wine fridge. And for a penny and for a pound, that's what I say. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, I also of, want to tell you yeah. about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com, yeah, speaking of a penny, yeah. they're so cheap. <laughs> I mean, they're so inexpensive. They sound, they're... Tweakedaudio.com makes professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great, they sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day. Today, I'm going to go, it's been less than a week since we last recorded, peek behind the curtain. Uh, still listening to that new Tool song. Okay. Um, which... <laughs> By the way, like it's 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 so long. It's been going on this whole time. Well, this is the thing. I don't know if you know the new new tool song is called Fear Inoculum. Okay. It's set a record. It is the longest song ever to crack the Billboard Top 100. Wow. At 10 minutes and 21 seconds. Um, uh, that. How long is American Pie? That's oh, a long it can't song. Be. It, I, bet it's I guess not it's even not. Eight yeah, it's not 10 minutes. I'll bet it's I not even it. eight minutes. All right. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to look up how long. Of course, I'm sorry. Is, uh, before we get um, to the end of this uh, ad read, so um, they're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. Uh, but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. Ooh, eight minutes and thirty-seven seconds. I was wrong. All right. So it's just under nine minutes. Okay. Um, so do me a favor, go to battle, go, no, go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm sorry to have distracted you in the midst of the ad, um, but I will follow up uh, by saying that, uh, listeners, if you're interested, you can head on over to patreon.com slash battleship pretension to subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, There is a new uh, episode, installment, whatever you want to call it, every week. Uh, and we have different tiers. We have the $2 swabby tier. And for that, you get, uh, one audio episode per month, uh, just to kind of, you know, dip your toe in the water, see if you like it. Uh, and then if you do, obviously you're going to upgrade to the $5, uh, petty officer tier. And for that, you get a new episode, a new audio episode every week. And then if you decide this is not enough, I need more and not just for my ears, though they are satisfied though they may be using our uh, tweaked audio earbuds Um, I want to be an admiral so for an admiral that's $10 a month and for that you get the audio episodes and you also get video if you want to see what David and I look like as we're talking and agreeing with each other um, and and (laughs) trying to avoid politics if we can Um, and uh, we've steered kind of into it at at some points but uh, I feel like you kind of have to everything's political everything is political um, including the Patreon, including and especially the <laughs> Patreon. Uh, no, but yeah, and, and fun times. This, and we, this for the admiral. The, uh, hang on, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Admirals also get our older premium episodes as well. Yeah. Um, but yes. So this week, what did we do? We talked about the uh, our personal uh, top fives of the year 1974. That was right. the, the randomizer gave us. Yeah. Um, we had a little bit less overlap than I would have thought. Yeah, um, that's true. Because. Uh, our number ones were not even on each other's lists. No, no, no. My, your number one was like my number 
four, I believe. Like, what was my number one? Don't, don't tell me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember what my number one was. Right. Um, but uh, the one that's the header image on the thing was not my number one? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. All right. I, I, I try to avoid using the, the number one. Uh, uh, when we do lists, I try to avoid that because I don't want to be a spoiler. Makes sense. All right. Um, so, yeah, do, do that. Yeah, go to the Patreon, buy tweaked earbuds, all that stuff. We are. Uh, I want to apologize to our guests for all the rambling. Yeah. When we record, we normally record on Thursdays. When we record, it's throwing day, me it off. Throws everything off. It really is so throwing me off. It's a weird energy in here, but weird energy is what we want for this guest and this topic. This is a topic. Uh, uh, I'm going to introduce our guest first by his real name, which is Matt Patterson. <laughs> yes. From the Warner Archive. But I'm first also going to introduce him by the name that he is referred to by me and my wife, and then I'll explain the story afterwards. It's Vacation Matt. (laughs) 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 And I I think I've told you this before, Matt, but uh, I've known you for years, but I think uh, at this point you've known my wife for years, too. But I think my wife first met you. It was uh, uh, Mariah Gates' going away party when she was moving to Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was the first time. And and, she and you talked... for a long time, standing in yeah. Mariah's kitchen talking about going on cruises. That's right. And you'd like to go on cruises. You had to go on cruises alone. And so uh, it became a thing where I'd be like, oh, yeah, I saw I saw Matt at WonderCon or Matt's coming on the podcast. You'd be like, who was that again? And I'm like, the guy from my and she's, Oh, Vacation Matt. So yeah. now it's become like the shorthand <laughs> of uh, Vacation Matt. You should embrace and, that. I feel oh, like wear Hawaiian I, shirts. I, and I feel um, <laughs> other people have... Uh, they're like, you seem to always be going on vacation. But <laughs> the... The thing that um, strikes me is that uh, I actually have a very first world problem uh, that I'm dealing with actually uh, this week is that I have almost six weeks of paid vacation lined up at work because I don't take enough vacation. Oh, my gosh. Uh, And it will, at the end of next month, start to expire, which... As uh, someone who, uh, early on in their life, for whatever reason, um, I go to great expense and lengths to be cheap. Uh, And so (laughs) having, like, uh, a certain amount of time expire, uh, although, you know, like, not taking vacation, that doesn't seem like you're losing money. To me, that's, like, an incredible tragedy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's stressing me out. And uh, when I first uh, talked to your wife, uh, I was explaining that I had this very same conundrum. Uh, I had uh, been hired uh, full time at at my current job in uh, corporate America, and I had never worked for corporate America, and I had never really had uh, much paid vacation time. And uh, they had sent me a notice like you're, you're going to have expiring vacation. Now, my first thought as somebody who works in entertainment was, yes, if I get fired, I'm going to get a big payout. <laughs> uh, I'm like, That's, I'm going to have six weeks of like I can, this is I can go on vacation after I get fired. But then I didn't get fired. So I was like, what am what am I going to do? And um so I thought, you know what? Because uh, uh, it, um, it was winter. 
and I was like, well, I, and I just started uh, dating um, someone new and she didn't, you know, I was like, hey, I got to burn two weeks. Um, I don't want to <laughs> spend any money. That's not exactly <laughs> romantic or something you would say to somebody you were only dating a few months. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go by myself. I'm going to go on a vacation. But I don't know if I really it's winter. I don't know if I, I want to go to Europe. I, I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm uh, this job. I can't, I haven't been able to take some time to write. I'm going to be a writer again. I'm going to, you know, take that time and I'm going to, well, if I do it at home, I'm just going to go to a coffee house every day, drink coffee and play video games. So, okay. No, I have to go somewhere where there's no internet and I'm motivated. Yes, I'm going to research and go to the mountains and join a writing community <laughs> at Walden Pond. And I looked it up. So it's a real all or nothing not situation. Not only was it expensive, but I would have to do chores and like wood cutting. And I was like, no, no, no. What was the most boring time in my life? And I realized I had... Um, I had gone on a cruise with my parents <laughs> to Alaska, which, by the way, actually is a wonderful itinerary, one of the most popular cruise routes in the world, for very good reason, because you can't really get to a lot of these places except for boat. Now, if you're on a giant boat with, like, a few thousand of your closest friends, uh, it's a little weird, but... You know, you get kind of dropped off and you can see things in nature. Like uh, the one thing I remember seeing was I, I crossed a bridge and uh, there was a river and it was just like full of salmon. And I had never like looked into a river before and saw sockeye salmon and I'm looking at it and I felt like a bear. <laughs> I was like, all I want to do is just like reach my hand in and just start biting them because it would be like sushi. This, so that was a wonderful moment. But... On the way back from Alaska, we had what was called an at-sea day. And here I was in the lap of luxury with, you know, heated pool and like I could go to the health lounge. But it was like a full day of people relaxing. And that made me very nervous and uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm like trying to read or like I was like eating up on a schedule. And the Internet was... Um, uh, like almost a dollar. Uh, wait, it was it was sixty eight cents a minute to get on Whoa. the internet, and I'm like, I can't even get on the internet. I got the shakes, uh, <laughs> and I I didn't know what. So I remembered that, and I go, okay, what if I get on a cruise ship to like nowhere, right? And and so you know, savvy, I go online, and I'm like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. Uh, and at the time, I was working a little bit more in e-commerce, and I'm like, well, there's a way to game this. I'm going to find <laughs> I'm smarter than the average, like, uh, and what wound up being on the ship, 64-year-old uh, when it comes to the Internet. So uh, I, 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 I found, like, the cruise line I had been on and was familiar with, I saw an ad in the print newspaper where... I could buy like a $500 or a $250 coupon and it doubled to 500 and I bought and I the maximum I could buy was two of those, right? So now I had $1000 of cruise, uh, but I only spent $500. And I was like, okay, that's a good place to start. Where can I go? And there was one old boat and it was leaving from the docks like right 
where you got out of the train at Comic-Con in San Diego. Like, literally, I, I took the train down, like, all aboard, here I go, I'm going across the sea. And I, and I got on the, I literally walked out of the train, walked on the boat, and it went to Hawaii. Uh-huh. It took five days to get to Hawaii, and then you get to Hawaii, and it drops you off at, like, you know, four islands, and then you got to come back. And I'm like, okay, so it's like, it's a two-week trip, and it's like nine days at sea, and the internet is like 60 cents a minute. I can get it if I'm, but, but I'm just gonna bring my laptop and I'm gonna write a script. So, uh, what happened was, um, you know, I worked for like, like this is what I guess, uh, and as I of course did research on this, if, if you're a um, well at least like me like I'm not Stephen King I can't like pound out like 40,000 words a day I'm good for like five six hours of writing and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is terrible <laughs> okay so then you've got eight hours of sleeping right and then and then you and then you and you had him on the boat <laughs> and I'm like what am I what am I gonna do and so I, there was like one night and I'm like on the deck of the boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It was like my second night out. And I felt like it was like, you know, those like science fiction movies where you're on the space arc and everybody down below is in suspended animation and you're like the only living person there for like a billion miles. And I'm like, it's so dark out there because there were no stars and the sea was black. All there was was like, just like the little lights of the ship. If I slid off the boat into the warmth of the gentle sea, I would sink to the bottom and never be heard from again. And I'm like kind of staring out. I'm like, that is dark. (laughs) So then I found the $15 uh, martini flight. We got six fruity martinis. Now you're speaking my language. Because I also love an at-sea day. Yeah. On a cruise. Yeah. Because all I want to do on a cruise ship is sit at the bar anyway. Yeah. I like it. So to me, the idea, if there were a cruise that just like left from like Long Beach, went until there was no land in sight, yeah. dropped anchor for a long weekend. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. That's pretty much what this was. <laughs> and it was a smaller boat that the average age of the person, people there were 64. But I found the other people who somehow thought they were going to have a good time on this boat. <laughs> And like we would all huddle together in a corner and and I mostly met them at karaoke, which, by the way, karaoke is a great way to meet people on a crew because it's like, I mean, it's a prison ship, Uh right? You're all (laughs) trapped there. uh, And what do you have in common? You're trapped. There's nowhere to go um, except inside your head. So. Uh, the, the the other thing I did that when I would start to get bored with my own project is I started to do research on cruises because I was like because the whole cruise wound up and I got my own room and inside cabin no windows nice and dark which I wasn't going to write in because that was too creepy and like altered state and I was afraid <laughs> that I was going to um, become something else which I guess I was and uh, so I'm like why is this so inexpensive. And I found out that the answer, quite simply, was slave labor. Now, I mean, not exactly slave labor, but definitely less than U.S. minimum wage labor. Hmm. Because there are so many people on the ship, and you're not subject to the laws of the land. You're subject to this very loosey-goosey thing called maritime law. Mm -hmm. 
So on the way back from, you know, we went to Hawaii, which is the U.S. On the way back, we stopped in Ensenada for two hours, right? It's like, oh, why are you stopping like one hour south of San Diego? Yeah. That's so that they you could be technically in international waters and not pay people minimum wage. So wow. I started to like interview like like a lot of the people there. I found out a lot of like weird stuff. Um, the most interesting one, which I had never read about this in all of my subsequent research, so I feel like I'm a sociologist sociological god for finding this out <laughs> but there is the concept of boat wife uh, because these people okay. sign up for six month or one year contracts you work six if you're lucky seven days a week you're it's like it's like everybody's working on a movie except it's not a movie it's serving um customers yeah uh and uh he he and his brother would split off on vacations and tend the family farm in central america and when he'd go out he had a boat wife Right. But but like then he would miss his wife. And when he go home, then he'd be like, oh, I really miss my boat wife. <laughs> and then he'd sign up. Did like, you ever see that? Um, the Vernon Herzog documentary about Antarctica? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, They call it like a snow spouse or an ice spouse or yeah, something. It's, it's the, the same, same thing. People it's have exactly these like the same thing. Yeah. yeah. These short term relationships. And you can read about this because it's like going to college like for everybody on it because they are also prisoners on the same uh-huh. ship right except they sleep in bunk beds and make less than minimum wage uh, so it's a really interesting and intense environment and of course uh, because the way that I um, relate to the world and you guys uh, as well is that I started to uh, research movies about cruise ships yeah and that's what we're talking about today. Let's yeah. get into it, shall we? Yeah. yeah. And that was a very long introduction, but uh, it was great. Um, I get all the, I would, to go way back, something else that stuck out to me that you said about the, uh, the, the, the Walden like writing retreat and having to do work. Yes. I remember when I first heard my, my wife told my wife told me about the idea of a silent retreat where you go right. and you can't talk and no one can talk to you. And I was like, that sounds fucking great. And she's like, no, you have to do like no, yoga. No. And then no, 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 no. it's like, no, I just want to go somewhere where no one can talk to me for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> that would be ideal. So it's interesting. You said, and, and now I'm going way off, but I went to uh, Philadelphia and I hadn't been there in a while. And you know, you go see all the stuff in America and I'm like, and I was talking to uh, the woman at the desk of this like bed and breakfast that, that I was in. And I was like, well, is there anything interesting? She's like, have you ever been to the penitentiary museum? And I'm like mm. the what and uh there's this wonderful museum which is the first penitentiary in the united states uh and it was made by the quakers so um and the idea in the 19th century was for you to be penitent mm-hmm. and for you to uh think about your crimes and they designed this panopticon like this like this like crazy ass prison system where you were under maximum surveillance but you were not allowed to speak or talk or even see anybody right it was what we would now call solitary confinement yeah, and which is torture charles darwin himself uh, not charles darwin sorry um the guy who wrote great charles dickens thank you charles dickens came to that prison and talked about the horrors of it because it was driving people crazy so just think of maybe two weeks you would last but i don't you know it it it, it it really was used as punishment. Yeah. But no, I'm still saying I can still there are still people, people around, be around right. people, but I can also like 
because the other thing is like, oh, you're not supposed to have, you're supposed to completely disconnect from the world. It's like, no, I still want to be on the internet. Yeah, no, I want to watch yeah. movies. I just yeah. don't want to have, have a conversation <laughs> yeah. with anyone for a couple weeks, not for the rest of my life. I'm still a social. So you being. would absolutely be Burgess Meredith in that uh, Twilight Zone, Ooh. where like the world ends, and you're like, thank God. I guess. And but then I mean, I, after a couple glasses. weeks, I would. Start and then you to, lose your glasses. Yeah. No, I would start to uh, <laughs> go insane. But I'm saying a couple weeks, a couple weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. You, you can, can come on my uh, cruise writing retreat. That I think <laughs> I think that I should start this after this podcast. Anyone can contact me. We can arrange for this, um, and then I'll I'll just judge your work like once a night while we have <laughs> martini flights. I think this is a good idea. Anyway, uh, all right. So let's talk about cruise ship movies. I'm glad you're here. This is I wanted to talk about this with yeah. you because you know because I, I I did some re- I was like how many cruise ship movies have I seen and there are a lot out there but I've seen very few of them. I've seen like uh, I didn't do a great deal of. Uh research because I kind of honestly just felt like letting Matt talk for a while because I enjoy, I enjoy it tremendously. But, uh, but as I was thinking about it, it's like, Oh, I have seen more than I expected to just off the top of my head. I've only seen more. If we are counting like luxury liner, like Titanic, like there's a destination in my, I think that counts. Okay. Cause I've got a number of those, but I really only have the only actual like, cruise ship movie that I could think of that I've seen that takes place in part on a cruise ship is Jack and Jill, the Adam Sandler movie. Yes. <laughs> which has, which is half of it is a commercial for the allure of the seas. Uh, yes. Uh, boat. Um, le- I, I'm just going to state that in, in this, I'm, I'm not going to really count, um, silent movies. Uh, okay. just, just because there are actually a lot of, there are a lot of boat movies, right? But, um, uh, just a very brief, and I'm going to really keep a brief history of like cruise ships, uh, <laughs> ocean liners, right? That was a way that uh, people got a, literally traveled across the ocean for mm-hmm. a long time. And after uh, World War II, right, uh, as airplanes became less and less expensive, there became less and less of a need for people to go kind of back and forth on a boat. Yeah. Now, they had always gone to... Um, you know, luxury locations, right? And uh, those, because of the entertainment on the boat and stuff, those liners kind of were kept around a little longer, and then the whole industry sort of slowly retooled, except for Cunard, which is the only... I mean, even they're retooling now, but, but like, they retooled to, uh, you know, go to Bermuda or the Bahamas, right? Like, like the, the industry changed. And then... Uh, which chronologically we may get into, there was a big shift that started mostly with the love boat, right? In in 1977 to 1987 uh, on TV, which incredibly popularized the idea of taking a short cruise to a uh-huh. vacation. You'd have love, you'd find love. Like it, it really romanticized the whole thing. And then uh, into the 2000s, like since the 2000s to now, uh, the industry has, it's, uh, it's almost doubled in size. And then even in the last like 10 years, uh, because of, uh, the prices have come down and everybody loves Instagram. Uh, <laughs> it's just like this, there are these massive tourist platforms that disgorge a, you know, army of worker ants upon local populations where they're like, ah, 
and it, but it only lasts for four or five hours, and then they all go away. Um, so when that all, do you remember that a few years ago that woman got left behind? It was it went viral. Oh, it. it so there are. She didn't get back to the boat in time, yeah. and this, they're on a schedule. They tell you, yeah, and we they, are leaving. They charge you. I mean, yeah. okay. So not only now uh, cruise ships are way more dangerous than uh, a lot of people realize. Like, like the cruise industry doesn't like to talk about that, but since two thousand, there have been like almost four hundred people who've just fallen off and drowned. Uh, the, I'm, I, honestly, I'm surprised it's not more. Yeah. Like, because a lot of the time, like you were talking about uh-huh. being on the boat at night, it's dark, no one could see you. Yeah. The warmth of the sea. <laughs> yeah, although it's actually Slowly. quite cold. Um, yeah, even in warmer uh, climes, the further you go out from land, it gets actually quite cold. But um, well, I, I, I didn't find that out. But yes, but <laughs> add to everything you're saying, add to the fact that a number of people who are on the deck at that hour of night are hammered. Yes. So many people are so drunk. Yeah. Uh, like there's on, I, I can't remember what line it is. Carnival, I think offers a deal where you can pay $50 a day for all you can drink. Yes, so there they, are people who buy, all, there are people wow. who are regularly yes. spending more than $50 yes. a day on just on booze. So I've made friends with some of those people on some uh-huh. of my cruises and they're like, do you want, yep, you, yeah. you want a, a cider? And I'm like, okay, they don't care. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Yeah, because you're not supposed to buy it for other people. No. Also, if you're... I won't say what cruise line that is. If mm. you're in... Um, if you're sharing a room with someone, you can't buy the thing unless both the people yeah. like, in the room yeah. buy it because they don't want you buying... There's there's yeah. a... Um, they're huge... Uh, um, and it, it's only gotten bigger. There's like uh, people who who meet, and you know, like as, as there are people who are into films, there are people who are into cruises. Yeah, and again, th- this, this is getting bigger. And what is funny is like when I first started putting together, I put a, a list together like six or seven years ago when I went on that first cruise, and I looked at it, and then I kind of searched the internet, and I'm like. You know, because it didn't really exist when when I was putting it together, or it was like rudimentary. Now I found that there are like these communities of people. Like if you Google like favorite cruise movies assembled by people who like cruising, yeah. what's great is they list like Jack and Jill makes their top twenty list, yeah. and they're like the movie isn't that great, but then they review the ship. Yeah, they're like it's the SS blah blah from this line, and it's it's basically like as you said, like an ad. Yeah, and they're like the movie isn't great, but the ship is fantastic, and you see the rock climbing wall. <laughs> yeah, the, that that's reminds in, me. That's in, uh, yeah, in uh, Jack, Jack and Jill, Jill and yeah. the helicopter pad. Because yeah. I don't know if you remember, if you've seen Jack and Jill, no. Al, Al Pacino as Al Pacino <laughs> shows up to woo Jill, and he lands on the cruise ship while it's at sea. Which by the way, that, yeah, that is not that is frowned upon. In the world of cruising, let me just say that. Well, just flying a helicopter out there. Yeah, you don't. Know, you you know, just, yeah, yeah, well, it's like, it's supposed to be for emergencies. I see, I see. Uh, I remember many years ago, I was visiting my uh, my home, my hometown of uh, Taft, California, and it's a community built completely around oil. That's why it exists. Right. And so they have a little museum, and so I was like, I'm going to go to the, the, the oil museum. And I was talking, and it was, you know, the the loan employee uh was this old curmudgeonly very friendly i love these kinds of museums oh it's i can spend the whole afternoon it was quite nice but he did uh and there was a this this was in like 2008 i think Uh that i went and so they uh they had like a photo of an oil derrick built for there will be blood okay um and they built it right outside and it was based on like an old derrick that was outside of taft and so he goes 
He goes, yeah, did you see that movie? And I said, I did. He goes, yeah, they just burned that oil, Derek. It seemed like a waste to me. <laughs> it's like, like that idea right. that this guy was not interested in movies or no. anything like that. The only thing that mattered was the oil, Derek, and they, they burned it. Can you believe it? And just in the same way, they're like, hey, Jack and Jill is like, that's a top 20 movie. You got to see the the climbing wall and oh, all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so from their point of view, yeah. it's, it's, it's very interesting. But from people who are into cruise ships' point of view, they will uh, grandfather in luxury liners okay. like to because um, – uh, because it is an enclosed uh, social social and socially stratified place, mm-hmm. it was a great place to have a love story or like a mystery. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, love story uh, or a horror. The, yeah, I've or seen horror. I've seen a fair amount of those. The very oh, first yeah. one on the top of my list um, is Love Affair, which was remade uh-huh. as An Affair to Remember, right? Uh, or is like it that? or is it flipped? Um, no, Love Affair is first, right? Yeah. That's it. I'm looking at Matt, the classic movie what, guy here. What, yeah. what year is Love Affair? Uh, Love Affair is 40s, I think. Oh, okay. So there's oh, I, I do not know the date on that one. I did. I I tried to um, in my list. I I only did two 40s movies because oh Love Affair is 39. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did two 30s movies because I was trying to not because there are so many movies and not counting battleship movies and not counting pirate movies. Sure. You yeah. know. Uh, in, in, uh, you know, like a, a classic is like Shall We Dance from 1937, Fred okay. and Ginger. And it's, you know, there's in these these films usually follow a very similar plot like there's or, or not. But there's, um, you know, there's usually some there's a, there's always a card room where there a card room where there are card sharks, you know, cause mm-hmm. like that's like where people would meet other people and you, you'd see the rhythm of the ship and there's maybe a wacky mix up and two lovers or whatever. And, and a lot of times actually cruise ships or, or liners would be part of a film because, you know, like because it's it's part of the journey and that's where there's either the mix up or the couple meets again. Mm-hmm. Um Monkey business uh, with the Marx Brothers mostly takes place on a on a cruise ship. Oh, I've never seen Monkey Business, but a night at the opera mostly takes place yeah. on, a, on a cruise. They're on their way to the opera, but most of the of the movie is on. on yeah, a there's cruise just ship. a lot of stuff in, in Monkey Business. They're stowaways, so I felt okay. that was like mm-hmm. a little. But but again, uh, 1944. We have a movie which is a and and there's a it was a remake of a 1930 movie based on a play but called uh, Between Two Worlds and I like it because uh, we would now call it fantasy it would be a genre film but at the time I, they didn't really call it that but it, uh, it starts with um, there's like the bombings in in uh, England and London mm. and all these people are kind of trying to get out and uh, they kind of have these like bad luck like uh, and it looks like something bad has kind of happened to them but then the next thing they know they're on this cruise ship and everybody is you know it's all very elegant and everybody kind of is like they start to realize like wait how did I get on this ship Hmm. and then they realize that they are you know it's the metaphorical journey to the right. to they don't know if they're going to heaven or hell and but that but it's a lovely fantasy yeah. story and using the cruise ship as a metaphor what's that one called again between two worlds i just looked it up starring the great john garfield yeah john oh, yeah. garfield's great and and he's he's bringing his more modern acting to it which which grounds it and uh and that one's a lot of fun 
Um, and then, because I mentioned this one a lot, is uh, a personal favorite uh, from this sort of pre-cruise uh, ship era would be uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. Yep. Which I just saw for the first time uh, did, a couple weeks think? ago. I actually liked it. Uh, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. It's um, lovable. It, it really is. It, it, it It's not that I was resistant to it, but... I wasn't necessarily looking forward to it either, um, but it won me over, as one might expect, uh, given the the director and uh, and that was the thing. Is I was, <laughs> it's it's not it's not a fantasy, but I do find myself thinking like like the sequence with like all the guys like working out and yeah. and I'm like that's a oh, yeah. big room. Like, do they have rooms? Like, I've never been on a cruise. Okay, so like, do they have bi- essentially gyms in a on a yes. cruise ship? Okay, so the interesting thing about real estate on mm-hmm. a, on a cruise ship is that um and they've they've really uh worked at this but uh you uh, the sea can carry a very a, a huge amount of stuff inexpensively <laughs> yeah. now they are horribly polluting they treat their sewage and they dump their garbage mm-hmm. in the middle of the ocean but um but they're incredibly e- efficient and uh and when you uh, because they and in a more modern ship, but mm-hmm. but even the old ship, you, you make more money by how many berths you have and windows, right? More right. like an office building, uh, and and so there is a lot of kind of extra space in the hmm. superstructure. Uh, one of the before I went on a cruise, I worked with a woman uh, in she, she, before she came to work at the movie studio. She worked for, uh, she did marketing for Princess, and I was just kind of mm-hmm. talking about cruises, and she's like, oh, I worked for Princess Cruises which, uh, for a number of years, and they um, they did a lot of, like, kind of wacky stuff with the extra space. One of the things they did was they put uh, printing presses in their in their cruise ships, like, you know, below the water line, because hmm. they, they didn't need all the space, and that way... Uh, they would print like all the flyers and mailers hmm. like while they were at sea. So her job sometimes would be to like go oh, pick wow. up like the flyers and do a press check. And they'd be like, well, where's the ship? They're like, oh, it's in Peru. And they'd fly her out to make sure it was there. But but it was like a printing press at sea was cheaper than paying yeah. A, yeah. a printer at the time. But that's like, it's like, who thought of that? That's like bizarrely clever. So Yes, there is an immense amount of space, which is why, like, when you think of travel by a plane, right? Mm. Just, like, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And you think of a train as luxurious. Well, when you get on a ship, like, when I was doing writing, I would find, like, a full desk with, like, a leather chair and a window behind me in the corner. And the one that I found on that first cruise, I think it was, like, a florist at one time or something. But it was, like, my favorite desk. And it was, I was, like, alone. But some people would walk in front of me, and if I was wearing like a polo shirt, they would start to ask me questions, <laughs> thinking that I worked there. Yeah. And uh, the employees nearby thought it was funny because at a certain point, like in the cruise, it was a two-week cruise. Uh, I would just start answering the questions because it was shorter to answer the questions <laughs> than to tell them I didn't work there. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a real thing. So, but that movie is like. Um, 
it's one of it's a, it's of it's it's of another time, but that's almost like a just a giant like fantasy, and and that yeah. and that scene you're talking about, it's like um, to, in today's world, the subtext uh, launches out at you like a little <laughs> torpedo. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, I it's uh, nautical. Uh, oh, I appreciate that. We have yeah. some pretend to appreciate the nautical we, yeah. references. <laughs> if if possible, we'd like to do it with every single thing that is said, but <laughs> I know it's harder. Uh, harder to do but um, yeah I really I really like the movie uh, quite a bit and in watching it and again I've, I've seen some cruise movies and it it's just in a way I'm I know there are many but in a way I'm also surprised there aren't more uh, because it's a space it, for it, drama it is and it makes me it of course love bow lasted that long uh because the formula you are you've got the luxury yeah but you also are confined yes and so but you're not confined it's not 12 angry men or something like that like you are <laughs> but you can't officially get away which of course yeah. is why horror movies work so well right. with a cruise ship it, it, it has the Aristotelian uh, needs for drama which mm. is like a unity of space and a unity of time the trip only lasts yeah. so long you only have this much space to, yeah. to do it within so it's it's uh, natural uh, there are a few other classic films but I like to just want to skip to the more modern cruise ship and uh, the the first modern cruise movie is not necessarily a uh, celebration of cruises but that would be the, the Poseidon Adventure from 1972 right. uh, which I've never seen I've seen Poseidon the 2006 uh, remake <laughs> close yeah but no Shelley Winters that's true but there's Richard Dreyfus. yeah no who has to sell the terrible line uh, where he says it's like I'm an architect and these ships aren't supposed to float upside down and I was just like I was like you you really I appreciate that you qualified that but I also don't think you need to be an architect to acknowledge that no you you need to be a maritime engineer (laughs) clearly because you know uh, th- these boats could float upside down sure. uh, for quite some time. It's it's hard to sink them. No, uh, but um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, uh, w- once you see that movie and you go on a cruise ship, pretty much all I think about is uh, the cruise ship uh, turning over. Yeah, um, they, they are engineered very well to not do that. Uh, that doesn't mean it's impossible. Rogue wave. Yeah. It, yes. Exactly. And uh, but but when you uh, now that everybody has a movie studio in their pocket, uh, you can see some great videos online of like of like cruise ships getting hammered, and you're mm. like, whoa, how does that thing stay up? Uh, and it because you, you can't see it's it's wonderfully engineered with the keel, and they have these stabilizers actually mm. now that keep it stabilized. And um, if you're about the at the like sixth or seventh floor, that's the floor where there's the least. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's and that's where they'll have like the casino and stuff because it, it has the least uh, <laughs> role to it. Uh, yeah. Poseidon Adventure Two does not count. Uh, I didn't know that existed. Uh, <laughs> it's a lovely sequel, available Warner Archive. Um, <laughs> But the ship is already upside down, uh, so uh, it's it's about people coming and um, 
uh, salvaging the ship. I see. Uh, and so that's it's not a cruise. Right. Is that why you suggested this? Because you, you need to move some units of Poseidon Venture too. Hey, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. That is that is true. We already mentioned the Love Boat, which uh, is not a movie, but it's it's so iconic. But with Shelley Winters, you guys probably don't know about. And I didn't know about a miniseries, which is called The French Atlantic Affair from 1977, which, okay, it's got Shelley Winters, it has um, Telly Savalas, and um, Chad Everett, and Michelle Phillips, and it's a three-part, it was a three-part series, and it, it, the, the, the boat was going from New York to France. They kept saying Paris. You can't actually take a cruise ship to Paris. You can take it to La Havre, but they kept saying Paris. Uh, but there is a uh, religious cult undercover on board, and they've smuggled in uh, guns, and they take over the ship for political reasons. It was based off of a novel where the villains were not a, a Telly Savalas-led uh, sex cult, but a um, a group of uh, disgruntled NASA scientists who were mad about the cancellation of the Apollo program, which is it's so seventies it hurt. Uh, <laughs> Shelley Winters is so so good. I'm I'm gonna ruin it, um, but she is a ter- well. No, you see it early on because she's packing a gun. She's a terrorist in it, and she's disguised as an older woman, and she's like whoa, 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 whoa. and then you, and then she opens up her case. And she's got guns inside. And she hands it to the other old ladies. Uh, of course, you reveal a gun. You you got to use it. Of course, it's it's just <laughs> what's it's it called again? French Atlantic Affair. All right, it's it's so TV movie. Well, and you know what's interesting? Um, I was watching an old episode of Siskel and Ebert, like when they were talking about uh, their their least favorite movies of of the year, <laughs> and. You know, I'm too young to remember this as a trend, but uh-huh. in the 70s and into the 80s a little bit, there is this, there are like movies that, and I, I can't even come up with like the title, but they cited as the latest in this trend of like foreign money uh, mm-hmm. to make a kind of just standard thriller, but then right. they get a respectable actor, like one or two respectable yes. actors yep. or actresses, and it just kind of classes up the joint a little bit, but it, but the movies are just bad, and the actors are just uh, well, wasted so, for the most part. Some of those movies actually are pretty good, and that goes back uh, m- mostly to um, post-World War II, mm-hmm. uh, because you could get a tax break. Like, they did it in sure. England, they did it most more famously in Italy, mm-hmm. uh, even Canada, Canada Canada in the 80s, that spawned a subgenre called Canucksploitation, uh, <laughs> which I love. But it, it's and, and getting a name actor to do it um, obviously, obviously helped. But, you know, like like Spaghetti Westerns, right? Mm-hmm. That that was just that uh, part of that trend. Uh, but you, you could get these incredible tax advantages. And one of the ways that you could get your star out there to do it right. was that the way that the tax laws worked at the time, if you would take a job in a foreign country, uh, you could keep a higher percentage sure. of the money. So what are some of these movies you're talking about? These, these 70s... And again, I can't remember. I I was I was okay. thinking about well, it, it the other it, day. It but just, it's actually... Uh, it, it's almost now like w- what that started as and and those uh tax laws and and Mm -hmm. and uh tax avoidance strategies Mm -hmm. are just kind of after the 80s like just 
baked into right. international yeah. movie finance now, which is why Vancouver is big. You know, but they, I mean, it's just mainstream. And that's and that's the thing is, I don't know if that's the backstory behind oh. uh, this, but the idea of respectable Shelley Winters in a very pulpy oh, yeah. uh, story well, that the, could seem be seen as beneath her. So um, TV movies were oh, sure. sort of like that at the time because they, you know, so it's like. Uh, you know Hollywood's pecking order. Uh, what year is the French Atlantic? Affair? Uh, that was seventy-seven. This is after Shelley Winters. You know, yeah, like, I was going like to say she, this is her nominations for Academy Awards were ten, yeah. fifteen years, and this is after behind. even whoever slew Auntie Rue, right? Uh, Which is yeah, that would have been like mid seventies. Three. Yeah. Did she win an Oscar for the Poseidon Adventure? No, 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 no. Oh. Not that I know of. Um, oh, we, hang on now. Uh, Maybe she was she, she seventy one for whoever slew into you, so okay so I said seventy that was a good guess on my yeah. part um, <laughs> she, she was uh, in a patch of blue uh, mm, and, and okay. I think she was nominated for that which is uh, by the way a wonderful movie recommended black and white uh, film where she was the evil mother. Um, she was nominated for the Poseidon Adventure for oh, supporting actress, nominated. but but well, she did not win. It was she's amazing in it. Yeah, uh, I, I, and um, there, there's like an '80s movie called Table for Five, but I'm, I'm not even going to talk about that very much. But Table <laughs> for Five, uh, what that refers to is um, uh, seating assignments mm-hmm. in mm. a cruise ship. Uh, there's uh, some of the cruise lines now don't have assigned seating. I actually kind of love it because it. it um, uh, whoever gets assigned me um, is the uh, is the loser. I think in that situation because <laughs> they have to deal with me for a week or two. I had a quick question uh, to go back a little bit, yeah. and given what we were talking about as far as just the potential for drama on a cruise ship, I know. That, well, there was Lifeboat, mm-hmm. but I feel like Hitchcock. Uh, could have done really well on a cruise ship again like you've got like oh, these yeah. really beautiful settings but everything is enclosed and you have like a finite time to like solve the mystery yeah murder mysteries i mean there yeah. there are lots of murders on boats in classic films sure it's like yeah. it, as i was going through it i was like it has to have an air of vacation about yeah. it yeah like like i mean i I, I put in the, the 1940s fantasy film because they were going somewhere elegant, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't know when they were dead, so you're in. Um, but, but you know, like... like um, yeah, that's just kind of the, the twist. But post-Love Boat, yeah. when you're on a boat, you're on it for vacation, and that's right. where it switches. And then when you get to the 90s, that's when it kind of okay disaster movie that's a 70s you know like the mm. 70s was all about that but then there's kind of this weird ironic switch and we and i would say we could skip to uh 1989s which is not really the 90s but friday the 13th part eight with uh jason takes manhattan yeah. jason takes manhattan in the, like the last 10 minutes of the movie after being on a cruise, cruise ship. ship for the bulk of it yeah which I felt that if it was advertised that Jason takes a cruise, <laughs> yeah. like, isn't that, like, that's, like, kind of a better move, like, because he's not, like, even from the trailer, he's not going to take Manhattan, or, like, he would just, in 1989, he just would be, like, another person in New yeah. York. Also, I've never seen it. I didn't realize this movie had a cruise yeah, oh, yeah. element. It, that's it. That is it. it but is I've never seen this movie because Manhattan is not a cruise ship port. Ah, well, uh, and it, also it is actually it's yeah. not Manhattan, but uh, the, there's Brooklyn Navy Yards and also uh, New Jersey. Would uh, okay. 
my grandmother would take crews from Manhattan, like cruise boats, like the ones that went to Bermuda used to actually leave from the docks. Uh, that must be a three week. Like how much, how long does it take to get from, uh, to get from like a Bermuda cruise? Um, doesn't, you know, you can get down there in like two days. Like it actually isn't oh, that, wow. that long. Cause it's not that far, but, uh, the Bermuda cruise was kind of the thing that kept the uh, New York's cruise lines going. Okay. And then you could even keep going to Manhattan today. Uh, it's actually, it's actually in the last 10 years become a much more popular cruise port. Really? Uh, yeah, I guess I just, just I would have thought that it's kind of cool. You just like walk here. You're in New York you walk on a boat and then it takes a few days and now it's warm. Yeah. But David, what I will say is, uh, though it apparently is a cruise port, it is very di- difficult to get to Manhattan from Crystal Lake. <laughs> that is a, uh, that is a, a little bit of geographical well, inconsistency how, the that they don't. The flight was included. It was <laughs> right. all included. How did he get, uh, so he's, if he's at the, sorry, we're just No, no, that's okay. If he, if he arrives in Manhattan at the end, mm. where did the cruise ship leave from what's the cruise ship's port of call he he's it left from crystal lake right it, yeah yeah it, it actually <laughs> leaves from crystal so lake where is crystal lake supposed to be well it moves yeah it bounces around you know, a little it's bit like it's okay. like springfield where or it's like yeah. the island and lost yeah exactly it's, yeah <laughs> but it's wherever it needs to be he literally like the the kids it's like hey we're gonna take a graduation trip on a cruise that's to right. new york city from crystal lake like that's the plot and it's like that that is not really actually how a cruise ship works like maybe if crystal lake were in bermuda or the bahamas yeah. they but it, you just don't actually start cruises there and yeah. they and they treat it as though they're just renting a limo because like the only yeah. passenger on this ship are the high schoolers. It's yeah. not a huge boat. No, but so it's like a but at the same time, it, it's sort of like that. Yeah, but it takes time. Like it's more like a ferry. Like like uh, I've taken and I and I don't know whether to count these as a, they're not really cruise. But if you, I, I've got I've taken I took uh, the last fun ferry I took was um, from Palermo in Sicily to Rome, and it was like overnight. And uh, the Italians huh. really know how to do a ferry ride. I could see uh, that. <laughs> I just thought of another cruise movie, but we'll get to it later. Um, but you're reminding me with the European thing. This is not a movie at all, but it's the thing I think about. I watch a because my wife and I are very cultured people. We watch PBS, yeah. And there are often ads on PBS for these European river cruises, right? Yeah, Viking. Which, yeah, Viking. Over there, but there's oh, also there um, yeah, there's a couple of you, yeah, you Viking can do barges. Uh, and yeah, so they're like they're very luxurious, but they don't right. have. Like you were talking about, not there's, no, there's no printing presses on them. No, they're, no, they're not that big because <laughs> they go on. Uh, but they, they, uh, yeah, we looked them up. They are um, enormously expensive. They're very that's so luxurious. Part of the uh, trick with booking a writing cruise is that you want to find. Um, the cruise that is not popular, right? <laughs> like, because that's because it's because it's price based. Now, I've, I've done other ones. One that um, has actually a lot of it, uh, it stops more frequently, but it has almost as many days. But it's it, it, um, it's uh, from L.A. to Miami, and you go through the Panama Canal. Oh wow! Cool. Usually, these are called repositioning cruises because they only happen like twice a year. Because like you know, like a boat is in Europe, and then like winter time comes, and then it's going to move to the um you know the caribbean or something like i I did a boat five hundred dollars i took a boat from miami to barcelona and it stopped once in like madeira which was kind of cool wow but it was not like that was like the longest stretch because i i think i did eight days without seeing land 
and that was but I was mentally prepared because I had done yeah. the Hawaiian cruise that one was uh, challenging but but on the 10th day I literally just like walked off the boat and I was in medieval Barcelona and I happen to have a friend who lives there and I just like met her at a cafe and I was like <laughs> I just came here by boat. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was just weird, right? Like, no, that does seem surreal. It was the idea of being in America and then yeah. being in Europe and not having been in an airplane. It does seem really yeah. strange. And, and by the way, like I also thought, oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to get there and I won't have jet lag because I'll be used to it. But um, what what I didn't realize was uh, over the ten day period, I went. Um, nine time zones. Oh, no, no, wait, not nine. I went uh, because it was, it's nine from here. Uh, three, it's uh, like six. Six. Yeah, six time zones in like nine, ten days. So I was living on like a 23 hour like planet. And so, <laughs> like, by the time I got there, I was like, where am I? What's going like, like, I had like semi permanent, it wasn't really jet lag, it was just 25, 26 mile an hour boat lag. It yeah. was weird. Weird, uh, but and then and then actually I, I bet I, I found like um, oh and then I took like a twenty dollar flight to Scotland where I have another friend and then I got a frequent flyer like I found a frequent flyer thing back it was the cheapest it was five hundred dollars to get there I was like why wouldn't you take that boat and uh, the the answer is because uh, it's like being stuck in a Vegas casino for uh, nine days without seeing land that that's why you don't do it. Yeah, that sounds like a dream to me. Um, uh, so let's move, let's move back to movies. The movie I was going to talk about War on Europe, even though it's a bit of a jump ahead because it's from 2000, I think. Oh, I, I haven't even, a, I've just gotten a 1997. Uh, but I just want to real quick okay, mention, uh, it's a Portuguese film, uh, Manuel de Overa's A Talking Picture. I don't have that one. Um, which is about a, a woman who takes her daughter from, I can't, I, I think from, she's just going from like Lisbon to like... I don't know, Crete or somewhere where right, her husband right. is and she's taking her daughter to, to yeah. see him. But most of the movie is on, and she befriends the captain, yeah. played by John Malkovich. Oh. And then the other women on the boat are like, it's like Catherine Deneuve and Jean Moreau, and it's just, oh, it's like a movie that. of just people having conversations. Right. Because uh, that's and, what you do, by the yeah. way. And then it has this crazy ending that I won't uh, give away. But uh, anyway, we hadn't talked much about Europe, so I thought I'd mention that. No, one. I like that. I like that one. Because I was just going to go... To 1997, which is a big year for boats. Yeah, sure. Because uh, we've got Speed Two Cruise Control, mm-hmm. the first one everyone thinks of when they think of yeah. 1997. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the biggest <laughs> cruise ship movie uh-huh. of 1997, uh, and of course, which has the um, unforgettable end where the cruise ship literally comes onto the land, which. There was a recent thing in uh, Venice is re- more recently allowed giant cruise ships in it, which I think I saw footage of, of this. Do. Yeah. And it was uh, terrifying even to watch. Yeah. It's like the, the cruise ship is like coming up onto the land and yeah. you see people running away. And the first thing you think of is like a terrible Italian remake <laughs> of, of Speed 2. Then we have the second biggest cruise ship movie of the year right out to sea which i saw in the theater and i really enjoyed <laughs> it's a lovely movie People it really is love cruise movies love that because that's like the best 
case possible for a cruise. Well, it's and it's also just and such a. This is uh, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Yeah, you I, never, I never saw this. You can't go wrong. With <laughs> yeah, and it's just such a. It's a very and I believe Elaine Stritch is in it as well, uh, yes. right? Yes. And I remember. I think I'd probably like it more now, but I liked it at the time. And one of the things that I liked about it, as strange as it may sound, it was just such a pleasant film. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's laugh out loud funny. I I enjoyed their chemistry and just the everything that's going on. Uh, and it just, it all, but it all feels so low stakes at the same time. It just, it felt like, I remember it's, this is not a thing I was consciously aware of, but it's something that, uh, at the time, but I had got, I had started getting into movies and so I was watching everything I could watch sure. and I was delving into older films right. and so I'm watching stuff like Clockwork Orange and okay, stuff that yeah, I'm yeah. at 15 not quite ready yeah, for but then I see Out to Sea and it's like oh <laughs> this feels so much safer yeah. than what I've been watching did you know who Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau were Wait, I think were I just like grumpy old I men? think I knew from grumpy old right. men and Dennis the Menace Oh, uh, I knew Dennis Walter Matthau from Dennis the Menace, the, the movie, obviously. And, and, and I'm so sure I'd seen Jack Lemmon in something before, but I wasn't sure. No, I, well, you were, you know, 15, The Apartment, clearly. Obviously. Were, shortcuts. 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 Yeah. yeah. Save no. the Tiger. I did watch Save the Tiger at, a, at like 16, though. I remember out to sea in this sort of, this fir- firmly like burned into my memory was um, at the time on the Beverly Center, they still painted on the Beverly Center like a painter would come out and paint the poster. Oh, wow. Like, it wasn't even a poster because he painted on the building, right? So they Mm -hmm. couldn't quite print on it. And his Walter Matthau and Jack (laughs) Lemmon were like, off in such a creepy but weird way that it, it it was them but it was not them you know like how people like looking at foreign posters when they repaint them oh, yeah. they're just like yeah that oh, yeah, was yeah. but that was on the side of the Beverly Center huge wow and you're like oh that's that's weird um and that's uh how I remember the movie I, best I don't think it's off topic but I don't think I've been to the Beverly Center since the movie theater there closed and <laughs> Um, no, and I, know, I can tell you exactly what was the last movie that I saw at the Beverly Center. What? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, wow. The first one. Yeah. And it was literally, I, I went to, because I had been meaning to see this movie, and I kept, like, not making it, and I think it was literally the last show in Los Angeles. It was literally like a Thursday night, 9.15 p.m. screening wow. of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I was the only one in the theater. Yeah. Uh, it, it was weird. And then that theater uh, yeah. closed, like, shortly thereafter. And the Beverly Connection one across the street. I think closed too. Or Wait, there, was there, there a theater there? Yeah, the Beverly Connection. Yeah, like oh. like across the street, those were the two theaters. And in the Beverly Connection, here's an LA uh, little piece of trivia: first Starbucks. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That is. So I said, I was like, oh, that, that's yeah. where the stain began. By the way, I love Starbucks. Yeah. I have a Starbucks card. But the the Beverly Center, in terms of multiplexes, was a big deal before I moved here. It was huge because it had so so many screens, yeah, like thirteen screens yeah, or whatever, tiny, which is tiny, like, and they're so small. Yeah, or they were so small when I, I grew up in in uh, New Jersey. You know, and 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 that's where you'd get like these weird wanky theaters or like you'd get like a theater that had an obstructed view like there'd be like a pole like something that would never and so when I moved out here every theater was beautiful right yeah. like because it was it was an industry town but the Beverly Center was big for a mall theater there but I found it 
perfectly fine yeah. because it was it was not and it was in the mall. I thought that was cool. Like it was, <laughs> uh, but you know, times change. And then I learned that it was built over an, a giant oil well. Uh, oh. Another interesting fact. I there we go. That. Lots of trivia today about I've, L.A. Here's okay. Matt, here's one of the things that I like about when you come on the show. You essentially are like our studs turkle. <laughs> like, you know a lot about everything. Yet and nothing. what was that? <laughs> Yet nothing. Well, I mean, nothing important, humans. obviously, yeah. but it's it's always interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, we we the start of our record time was delayed because Matt showed up, took one look at your computer, and you guys talked for 20 minutes about <laughs> 90s PC gaming. Yeah, which we will not rewrite <laughs> here. That's yeah. another episode. It sure is. Uh, I agree. And so that's the thing is I just it's I like that you're kind of our our historian uh, what is it historian at large yeah sure well because we have to now finally come to the least important cruise ship movie sure of 1997 and that would be Titanic the musical (laughs) which I saw on Broadway Mm. in 1997 unforgettable how my brother my parents took us and my mom spent a lot of money on it, and my brother and I were literally laughing in the aisles the whole time. It is, it is, it, it was incredibly memorable. People love it to this day, and I think it made money. But I it will, was based on the movie. No, no, it couldn't it have been. Out, it came out. It came out the same year, um, and and I think it came out first. Well, I definitely saw it first, mm-hmm. and it it was. Staged fantastically because it had um, like a uh, it had the um, uh, 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 the the boat was represented by this like kind of structure in the stage that was sort of independently mounted. I guess it's the only way and it looked like a dollhouse and the top level would would be where the you know first class was the rich people. Then they had the middle level with like the bourgeois who could afford to be there and then the bottom level hmm. with the Irish jig dancers huh. from the other thing that was named Titanic that year. <laughs> and then when it when it started to sink, the whole superstructure would go like and tilt on its side and start going down and the and the band was like on it and they would still play. But um That sounds from a spectacle standpoint, that sounds great. It was really good. Yeah. But um the the part where I lost it the most, but a song I will never forget in my life was uh a duet and I, I think it's called Tit Tit Tat Tat. And it was, at least that's what they sang. I don't actually know. I don't have the cast album, but I know the song uh, from hearing it once. Uh, it was a duet between the telegraph operator and uh, a guy shoveling coal into the, the steam uh, engine. And how they were both lonely and they would work hard. And then the tit tit guy would be like, I'm sending my messages, tit tit tat tat tat. And then he'd have the duet, which the only thing at the time that I could think of was because I watched old movie serials like on public television. I'd be like, hey, this looks like the Planet Mongo like scene where they're, <laughs> the guys are shoveling coal. Like, because I didn't really know history then that. The coal shoveling was a real thing and not just how you powered the flying city of Mongo. Anyway, um, <laughs> I can't find the song. Yeah, I'm sorry that we're it. both looking at our phones, yeah, obviously looking for tit tit tat tat. I don't know what the name of it was, but it was just like tit tit. But I like I was like, who writes a song about like a telegraph operator and his love of telegraphy 
Um, and then I saw the other movie that came out that year. And <laughs> when I walked out, people said, what did you think? And I said, I learned more about the Titanic from the musical. <laughs> uh, I love Titanic. Um, <laughs> James Cameron's Titanic. No, it was good. But I it's interesting. The better. People probably like, the cruise industry probably got a bump from that movie, even though it's not real. Yeah, yeah. You, the, the end, you would think. <laughs> yeah, the hubris um, of man. Yeah, but you know, you mentioned shoveling coal, and yeah. that reminded me of another Ocean Liner movie from 1999. I think Ooh. you know what I'm talking about, which is called The Legend of 1900. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen this? So the for the listeners, I'll tell the, uh, just the the premise: a baby. It's on January first, nineteen hundred. A baby is abandoned on a luxury cru- cruise liner. Instead of giving him over to the authorities or whatever, the workers. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who is it? Uh, who, is it Bill Nunn? Who's the? I don't remember now. Um, I can't remember who the the main the the coal guy is. Basically, they raised this boy. He never leaves the ship his entire life, which is enough of a premise to begin with. Right. But it also, he becomes a piano prodigy. And so he's, people are buying tickets on this cruise liner to see this piano prodigy play who has never left the ship his entire life. It's a a strange movie from the director of Cinema Paradiso. Yeah, it's it's weird. And, you know, I initially had it on my list and then I went, well, it's not really a cruise, but it is. But people who love cruise movies love this movie. Like they (laughs) they grandfather it in. And I was just like, I got to throw some of these out. How long is this podcast going to be? Right. I haven't seen it since it was in the theater. I loved it at the time. I probably would find it. A little overwrought now. It it it, it was of it it was um, a for your consideration movie as I sure. as I call. <laughs> you can't see the air quotes, but yeah. uh, that was a like a Miramax inspired genre. Right. But this was a good one though at the at the time. I remember liking it at the time. Yeah, but uh, it because it had a little bit of that like Chauncey Gardner aspect sure. to it, like the guy who and when and when by the way when I went on that first cruise to Hawaii. There was a guy who literally lived on the ship. Like, he just never left the ship. And he had, like, a special table in, like, the special restaurant. And everybody knew who he was. And sometimes he wouldn't, like, leave his room for days. On one hand, that sounds amazing. On the other, yeah. Uh, (laughs) On the other, that sounds extremely depressing. I don't know why. Yeah, Uh, I think it would. So, did either of you guys see the 2002 movie Boat Trip? Uh, Hang on one second. By jumping to 99, yeah, we have skipped 98, which has the first movie I think of when I think of cruise movies, which is Deep Rising. Oh, oh, because 1998 also has the Parent Trap remake pa- which that's right only that's the very what, end takes that's place. what i think yes. of a little bit it, it, uh, it's grandfathered in yeah but the shot shot on the queen mary that, yeah that, that part but anyway back to deep rising which deep I've rising seen. yeah it's no, i, I mean it's either. oh really no. oh my gosh uh, yes be, <laughs> being a uh, someone who grew up watching and loving jaws like anything creature feature based was my kind of thing especially if it was uh, nautical and so we have a sea monster that is not actually a squid it is mm-hmm. it is squid like but it mm-hmm. is not a it's not an animal it is a movie monster and I remember seeing, I think I saw Armageddon in the theater mm-hmm. right. with my dad yeah. and I remember uh, <laughs> uh, there was a trailer uh-huh. of this woman like on a cruise ship and she's like going to the bathroom and then like something pulls like pulls her through the oh, toilet. Oh, that's a 
freaking great. That's uh, that's <laughs> the fifteen year old. He's like, it. what is that? I want to see yeah. it. I want to know. <laughs> um, and so uh, <laughs> essentially, tra- yeah, that's great. <laughs> Man, now I want this to see movie. The movie. Oh, it's, I just want to it see is that. dumb. It is dumb no, as hell, but you'll well, love it. Yeah, why? But by the way, that's actually how the plumbing works in cruise ships. Sure, they have a squid, <laughs> a bunch of squid down there. Yeah, to just it's like, like, like it's work a living. Yeah, <laughs> it's delicious. Um, <laughs> Treat Williams is our is our hero, uh, but we also have uh, Jaiman Honsu and Wes Studi and okay. um, Anthony uh, Heald held i don't know how you say his name yeah, um we could ask so it's 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 uh, i think uh famke johnson uh, jansen wow. is in it and and it's just so it is fully committed and incredibly stupid uh essentially the monster turns out to be like imagine a giant squid if each of its tentacles had a mouth uh so okay. like it can like grab you and then like essentially eat you so yeah. it doesn't so like you're without putting it to its yeah. mouth because it ingests exactly well i'm learning about your the xenomorphic <laughs> yeah. qualities and of course there's a moment uh where the characters see like part of because because the the squid just essentially takes over the entire ship right and so uh they go into a room and you just see like part of the tentacle it's not the end of it it's just kind of it's on its way somewhere else and so and they see something moving and they cut it open so like a partially digested guy falls out and it's really uh horrifying but but i loved it at the time and uh and yeah i that and feed it from that is a what I was just I was just thinking of line like how do you you know stop the monster feed it cream puffs maybe are cream puffs cold. bad no just you know like like what do you have on a ship well you got lots of food that's that is I'm true just trying to think of I like don't know what like, I would is it only eating do. people yeah because well, it's it that, that's yeah. all it knows you it, know it is well that's why I'm just I just want to test <laughs> look I want to survive uh, sure I'm and, in the boat right now I can't go to the bathroom. Man, all I want to do is watch Deep Rising again. <laughs> I don't think it's... If I had to guess, I'd say I would not enjoy it as much now, but no, I certainly enjoyed not. it at the time. Yeah. It was and, surprising. And I think that a lot of its campaign, not not necessarily the trailer, but I think like the... the the uh, like the posters and stuff uh-huh. really tried to play up. Not that it's like Titanic, but it's sort of playing <laughs> right. up the. Oh, that's, sure, yeah. oh yeah, that's a different kind of cruise disaster. The other uh, boat movie. Um, so let's jump to two thousand two, the a banner year for unimaginatively named cruise ship. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because you mentioned boat, boat trip. There's yeah. also ghost, ghost ship. ship. Yeah, shit. Go- oh, ghost ship. But neither of which I saw. Ghost boat ship trip. and boat trip. I, get, I mean, I, t- I, obviously the internet existed in 2002, but I can't Im- imagine what kind of a bloodbath would ensue if Boat Trip were released today. Because even at the time, it was, we, we weren't using uh. the word problematic as widely, but it, at the time, Boat Trip was widely panned for being Gay Panic the movie, yeah, right? I, and I did see it in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> I That was obviously before my uh, I had ever been... Oh, no, I went and saw my grandmother off on a cruise ship. That was uh-huh. my only experience with the cruise ship in my life. Was she also she was accidentally on a gay cruise? No, she was not accidentally on a gay cruise, although my, my grandmother probably would have rolled with that. Yeah, uh, and apparently Cooper Gooding Jr. Horatio Sands, yeah, less it, able to roll, roll with it. it so, um, 
without looking at any kind of uh, plot summary or anything <laughs> like like I just I honestly just remember being like oh and and it was Cuba Gooding Jr. making faces and then like somebody jumped in the pool and it it eased out of my head fortunately and I didn't remember that I had seen it until I was going through things going wait didn't I see that movie (laughs) in the early 2000s that was embarrassing yes and I saw Cuba Gooding Jr. at a party like I don't know how this is LA you don't know how like sometimes a celebrity shows up and like you're in somebody's apartment and that was Cuba Gooding Jr. and I'm looking at him and all I could think of was this movie yeah I didn't say anything that uh, yeah. uh, probably my, for the best my yeah, very no. early like within a few weeks maybe a couple months of moving to Los Angeles I was at a house party and Erica Christensen was there. That's right. <laughs> that was one of my first big. That was my first celebrity sightings uh, in, in in Los Angeles. Wow. Oh, I've uh, had. Uh, by the way, a little preview for September. I've got some good ones. Oh, for the Patreon. Yeah, yeah sign up for the Patreon if you want to hear us try to guess each other's. Uh, we play twenty questions on celebrity sightings. It's a lot oh, of fun. Oh, that's good. That's um, good. It's usually more than twenty, but yeah. <laughs> um, I. I'm so bad at celebrity sightings because a I like I have a hard time placing people out of context like like how I remember them like if they're yeah. not on a screen if I see them I think like oh do I know that person I forgot yeah. their name and I forgot how I met them so I'm going to avert my gaze uh, or it's like I, I, I remember them from a party like like I just can't remember yeah. uh, and then people go you just accidentally bumped into because in my awkwardness I would probably trip on them or yeah. something and then fill in the blank the probably the most embarrassing one where the celebrity laughed at me um, <laughs> that happened kind of kind of kind of recently uh, so I'm at work and uh, I'm, I'm, I think we were taking some people around. It was like lunchtime, and we're on the fake New York Street, right? Uh-huh. And we're like, oh, here's fake New York Street. This is one of the old parts of the lot, it, except for it burning down once or twice. It's it looked like this, you know, for 70 years. And But you guys didn't lose any Nirvana Masters, right? No, no, not that. No, <laughs> nobody keeps those in... in, in, in uh, <laughs> and then, like, literally around the corner, I go... The George Clooney Batmobile, <laughs> and like for some reason, the George Clooney, which you don't see people like of all the Batmobile. Yeah. First of all, you don't see Batmobiles driving around yeah. the, the lot very often, unless it's like for some reason. And it was just the one Batmobile and of all Batmobiles, George Clooney's Batmobile. Um, and I pull out my phone because I'm like, Ooh, it's a wild sighting of the George Clooney Batmobile. And, um, you know, you weren't actually in New York. It's not that no, wild. No, right. like, no, the Warner Brothers lot is yeah. not that wild. A if, if you are going to see it, it yeah, is the yeah. most likely place yeah, to see know, it. You're right. But in the moment you thought you were in New York, right? I'm like, but, you know, you just even on I, I I'd never seen it before or since driving. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've seen it like in a display of Batmobiles, but I just I just was excited. It was lunchtime <laughs> and the George Clooney Batmobile comes towards me. And so I pull out my camera and I'm taking a picture. And uh, then the guy who's driving it points and laughs at me and he keeps going. And now as I'm, of course, telling the story, I'm totally forgetting 
who it is that you're going to make fun well, of. Is it George, George Clooney? Clooney? No. <laughs> just like the most famous basketball player of all time uh, right know. now. Dikembe Mutombo. What? No. The guy who's doing the new um, uh, Space Jam movie. Uh, LeBron James. Yes, LeBron. Ah. LeBron was there and laughed at me because I shouted as he went by, one of the most famous people in the world, look, it's the George Clooney Batmobile. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's like, dude, that's LeBron. I absolutely would have done the same thing. I probably wouldn't have verbalized it, but I don't think I would have recognized him. But you would have done the same thing. You mean if you had the cloud that LeBron James had, you would drive the George Clooney Batmobile? Well, well, that's true, yeah. He went up in my estimation of all the Batmobiles he picked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe that's just the one he was driving that hour. I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, day going I the have no wheel. idea, but, but I know that you're not supposed to take pictures of celebrities on, on the lot. Like that's like a huge no, no. And, and I got really worried that I had accidentally take, taken a picture of LeBron, whose name I just forgot in the heat of that story. Um, and I look back and I'm like, oh, phew, okay, I didn't get him at all because I was legitimately taking a picture of the Batmobile. Uh, and then I'm like, ah, oh, good, I can keep this one. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, that's the kind of person I am. I can identify the freaking movie that the yeah. weird Batmobile yeah. that nobody can recognize but LeBron no didn't and how does this get us back to Boat Trip or are we done with Boat Trip oh we're done with Boat Trip but we're going and then we could go now Ghost Ship uh, by MTV Films at mm-hmm. the time wow. uh, it, it what else did Joe's Apartment yeah, Joe's Apartment, which is uh, a Warner Archive uh, release. Ah. Uh, best Busby Berkeley insect sequence of all time. Okay. Uh, the did you see Naked Lunch? Did, did, does it really do a Busby Berkeley number? No. 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 Yeah, I'm just saying. There's, I only know of that one, and it is the best. Sorry, I'm trying to think of other MTV films. I mean, Beavis and Butthead do America, obviously. Okay. Um, was Dick an MTV film? I don't think so. No? I don't know. Okay. I, 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 but, but I know, but Ghost Ship, uh, I'd like to say, because I did see it, I saw, like, a, uh, a friend of mine was w- working on, like, the marketing campaign or something with MTV, yeah. like, he, he, and they had a huge event at the Orpheum hmm. uh, downtown, and he was like, do you want to come? And I'm like, okay. And then I just watched it, and I was like... Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie is it, memorable it, for its, its first sequence. Film. Like, that's... There's a, it has there's been referenced in other wonderful stuff. Wonderful yeah. sequences, but the people are all dead on it, so it's not really a cruise ship movie. Election is an MTV film. Oh, oh wow. That's a good one. That's a... Yeah, that's a great one. And, of course, Dead Man on Campus. Of course. But I, I want to get to actually... Yeah, Ghost Ship, sorry, real quick. I've never seen it. I've only seen the opening scene on YouTube right. multiple times because that's... Yeah, yeah no, that's what everybody loves. Yeah, yeah. the high-tension wire gets yeah. to the tire. And, yeah. and that is so memorable. And when I saw it in the theater, I was like, this is going to be a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they made Final Destination. Uh, uh, yeah, not that's them, true. But, but it's like, like they took that, yeah. and that became kind no. of the Rube Goldberg gag in Final Destination. Well, and that sequence is parodied so beautifully on uh, South Park many years later, where uh, <laughs> Butters uh, is in a dance competition, and he's actually quite good. He's a, he's a little <laughs> tap dancer with his like sparkly yeah. vest, and then he accidentally like kicks one of his shoes off, and it like hits the, sca- the lighting scaffolding, which... like. <laughs> Let's loose a wire and just cuts half of the audience. It yeah. cuts the audience completely in half, and uh, I don't think Butters I is terrified. And that's how everybody dies. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so moving on from Okay, so this one is super obscure, and this one I dug up before I went on my cruise because I was, I was really looking for uh, something that more captured the modern cruise experience, and, and, and I had to write the name of the title down because I can never remember it. It's called Wadu Dem. Uh, and it's a 2009 indie it's film. Indie. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it, but I'm aware of it. There were sequels, weren't there? I don't I think, think. No, I don't okay. think so. Um, and it loosely was based. It's kind of. It's it's one of those like indie movie stories that I actually didn't know about it until after after I saw it. But the uh, but but to, it's it's good to tell it with that. But the uh, one of the filmmakers won. Uh, a cruise to Jamaica from Brooklyn and they were like some Brooklyn filmmakers and uh, his girlfriend didn't want to go and so he invited his filmmaker friend and they were like wait let's make a movie while we're on this cruise and uh, how do you spell it W-A-H-D space D-O space D-E-M got it and uh, then they bought two more tickets, one for like uh, a crew member or a camera person and one for the main actor. And the movie is about this kid who wins a, a, a cruise and he's going to uh, take his girlfriend and his girlfriend breaks up with him. And so he winds up going by himself and uh, he just does not fit into this cruise. And he has like <laughs> that lonely feeling sort of that I was describing although his character was much younger than myself but he really captures the sort of alienation of the hmm. cruise experience and then the character what year is it from? 2009 okay it's like hard to find because it's a okay. strange name yeah and and the way I always find it is I write cruise ship movie Brooklyn Jamaica oh Jamaica indie. okay uh, and then it pops up. I see. Uh, and and I, I actually I think I found it. Uh, it it's, it streams on uh, Amazon Prime. I think right now for for free. Um, uh, but they, they it's it's like almost like a lost in translation of cruise movies. But mm-hmm. but it's from a young person's perspective and how alienated alienating it is. And then he kind of picks up. Uh, uh, the the cruise uh, the photographer like one of the photographer uh, you know more girl like like kind of his age and then he kind of starts partying with the crew and he's like drinking and then when they get to Jamaica they're like we're not you know they didn't have money they weren't going to do any of the excursions no and they and then these like um, and Jamaica in 2009, as today, they're actually like warnings, like, you know, some of these cruise ports don't go too far. No. Uh, and this guy's like, I'm going to take you to the best beach. It's going to be, you know, like, like, a, like almost for free or it was like inexpensive. And, um, and they take him to this beach and then they, and while he's swimming, they steal all of his stuff. And so he just has like his like underpants Mm -hmm. and he manages like by hook or by crook to get back to the cruise port. But just as the cruise ship is pulling away and they're like, yeah, you got to go to Port Kingston. Like it's your next stop. And but I mean, he has nothing. He doesn't have his passport. I mean, he literally has nothing. And then it becomes 
this like picaresque journey of like some little city white kid getting going across Jamaica to get to Kingston where he can get to the passport office and get home. Um, it's it it's very you know it's it's not like uh, perfect, but it it's very memorable because mm. uh, it's like you don't really see uh, uh, something like that or that kind of story that often. It's that it's that thing that you hear about every once in a while where someone who is a filmmaker they have access to a thing. Yeah, it could be a certain type of car or we have access to an abandoned hospital or whatever it is. And like, okay, what can we do with this loan resource? And they, and they cleverly got two things. Like they hopped off, they arranged to not take a return cruise Mm -hmm. and then they shot. uh, And then I think uh, another crew member or another actor or somebody came down, flew, flew down there and met them. And then they shot for like two weeks in Jamaica. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's like kind of a two-part, almost a disaster story, right? And so, but but half of it is this cruise. And uh, it's, it is the closest uh, cruise movie to almost reality, or at least how somebody who would not like or think they would like cruises would yeah. see it. It's like this alienation. But... Uh, but I, but personally, I also embrace that alienation, yeah. you know, like, like, I, and uh, so my, my own relationship there, but this, but this kind of, uh, is such a, a, a turn, um, and, and a wonderful genre discovery, I feel. Uh, Tyler, are you mentioning someone getting a, just getting the shot when they can remind me yeah. of, uh, Paulo Sorrentino's The Great Beauty, mm-hmm. which does not take place on a cruise ship, but remember six or seven years ago, there was that telling cruise liner that capsized right and it was yeah. right outside yeah, the yeah, yeah. and he went like and just shot what's it what's the tony i can't remember the the actor who's in all those movies they just went to like the location and shot him looking at it because they were like yeah this is a good shot it's great. <laughs> you're gonna get a, a capsized cruise ship in, in your movie and then um the yeah it, it's a little more like a commercial uh but there's a netflix movie from 2018 called uh like father uh, have, you, have either of you guys you see it? No, I've seen no, that. I've uh, I heard about it, and now I can't oh, wait, remember anything the about it. Kristen Bell, yes, Kristen Kelsey Bell. Grammer, movie. right? Yes, yes. I did okay. Hear I didn't see it. And I'm a sucker for uh, direct-to-video romance. Uh, you would know that about me, but I, I, lo- I love them. Somehow I would assume it about you. Yeah, though. I'm, a, you know, but but I get like so genre critical sometimes. I'm like, no, you can't do that subplot. Right. Like I, I know my um, and this this has uh, some things that I like. And um, it was, uh, I think, written and directed by um Oh God! Who uh, Seth Rogen's uh, Lauren Miller Rogen? Yeah, yeah, Seth Rogen's wife. Oh, uh, so that's kind of how they got access to got celebrities, uh, and and they got access to the cruise ship. Like there definitely was a deal with the cruise company there because it's a pretty uh, positive portrayal of a cruise. But it has yeah, you know, like between 
this movie because it's more of a positive uh, cruise. It, it's not a bubbly. The, the movie is not a uh, bubbly journey. It's a romantic comedy with, you know, things standing in the way, and the, the and she has to kind of get over her uh, dislike of the cruise. Uh, that's one of the things she has to get over. Um, but between this and the other movie, if you combine these two movies together, I feel it's realistic. But the, the basic premise is uh, Kristen Bell is left at the altar. Um, and her dad, played by Kelsey Grammer, show, who she hasn't seen in years, shows up at the wedding. And they're both kind of alcoholics. And they drink and they drink and they drink. And they wake up in the honeymoon suite together on the cruise ship. Like, somehow they forgot that she was like, just come on the cruise with this me. This was supposed to be her honeymoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. her honeymoon. But instead it's with her estranged father. And they're like, I love that premise. That's once yeah. we get to Jamaica... It's another Jamaica itinerary because it takes a while, by the way, to get to Jamaica. In this movie, they make it seem like in the other movie, it looked like it took like two, three. I think it takes like three, four days. Uh, in this movie, it, it seemed to take longer. I, I don't know. But uh, once we get to Jamaica, we're we're kind of part. I, 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 you know, because it's because uh, it's a romantic comedy, even though it's got the dad. But then there are other romantic partners, obviously. Mm. And there's karaoke, which is. Um, <laughs> accurately portrayed <laughs> oh see now we have to have you back for karaoke movies or movies with, with memorable karaoke scenes sure. in them I, I we'll have. go deeper than my best friend's wedding in Lost in Translation we'll go to 500 Days of Summer has a good one it does but we don't want to burn it we don't want to burn it yeah it, it, you know ca- karaoke is um it's 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 a it's an it's an art form mm-hmm. it, it really is an art form and uh I have my own uh, personal uh, style of it and the way and I know I know the karaoke that I like and what I feel karaoke is best at is uh, inflicting yourself on an unwilling audience <laughs> I have a, a karaoke story from when I was in South Korea um, our friend uh, Colin Marshall lives there and so uh, when we were there uh, he just kind of took us of a uh, took us sort of on a mini tour of, of Seoul and we ducked into this bar that it, it, I mean it's honestly it just looked like a living room like it just uh-huh. but it, there were all these like sort of side rooms right. where you could but those weren't karaoke rooms oh really um, there were just side rooms where hang out uh, yeah so like we saw right. these people that were clearly from like a company and it was after work and they were all drinking right. in that right. side room but the place also had karaoke uh, in the main room and so I sang as I always do The Gambler by Kenny Rogers yeah. oh, and you have, you have your other go-to I have a few now, Which but is that is Werewolves of London is one that's of them. A, yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I've I, there there are movies there, there are songs that I've been sort of practicing in my car that I feel Ooh, like wow. are within my Range. wheelhouse. We're gonna get so, karaoke. I know All the practice is going away. Yeah, Jim Croce, here we come. <laughs> um, Lee, but Leroy Brown, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the other one, which is also about a tough guy's come up and uh, yeah. it's a weird subgenre of Jim Croce. But um, <laughs> so uh, so I started singing The Gambler and right. this group of like six people yeah. left the room. Yes. Gathered around me. Yeah. And we're all s- and started yeah. singing it with me. Yeah. One had like, I think he had his hand on my shoulder and yeah. they were just oh, like, it. it was bonded. great. I have, I have video of it somewhere. It's beautiful. Uh, and it's, it was a really nice, uh, you wouldn't think that 
Kenny Rogers would make it across the, no, the Pacific that. Ocean, but uh, but he sure did. All right, well, we got, we got to wrap up. Oh. Uh, a couple things that didn't get mentioned. Uh, I've never seen it, but I'm surprised going overboard didn't get mentioned. The uh, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, and I, I erased. I, think. I erased that from my uh, list because I felt Jack and Jill covered okay. Adam Sandler. Okay, okay. Uh, clearly he's got a thing. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I know that we didn't mention Chipwrecked. I never saw Chipwrecked. That would be the Alvin and the Chipmunks 2011. Oh, yes, that's right. And also from 2011, Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. Or no, that's from that's uh, 2018. Yeah, yeah that's a, that is also a cruise movie, but animated. But when we were talking about TV shows, Love Boat, this uh, right. French Atlantic uh, affair. French Atlantic affair. We did not talk about the early 2000s dating reality show Shipmates. That's hosted right. by Chris Hartwig. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was uh, David oh and I. Oh, my God. We, there was a. There was a period when you and I watched like all of those. We watched so there's Blind Date. Blind Date, which is kind of so like I, the, I know people who worked on Blind Date. <laughs> um, there was Shipmates. Mm-hmm. There was oh God, Shipmates. The Fifth Wheel. Fifth Wheel. Fifth Wheel. It was made by the same people who made Blind Date in the same okay. offices. And there was what was one with Greg Proops. Proops, I don't. Uh, that one I don't actually remember. I remember we watched a lot of Street Smarts. Oh, okay, uh, okay. but that's not a dating uh, show. Oh no, not a dating show now. But we did but watch there was a lot also of that. Also, a limited date. A limited. We did. What? Yes, oh, that's yeah. right. One with Greg Proops. Why? Why is it? Why has this genre been left behind? I know. Because it was. Because I like, think they completed it. I, I think it's. It was uh, like it's limitless done. entertainment. Uh, I think everything just got fill, just got funneled into the Bachelor. I think yeah, that's versus. what everyone versus sounds right to me. But I thought versus uh, was like two groups. Those, oh, those are two like, different groups, but yeah, it wasn't like a dating show that they had. Like Greg Poops was a comedian, and there was like a relationship expert, and it was like oh. it, the premise was it was like a play-by-play and color man sport okay. commentator, but and, for a date, and, yeah. And, and Greg Poops oh, had like that. the John Madden like oh, pen, like he would oh, pause wow. and like I like say that. like focus I don't on remember that. Well, that was not versus like versus a different thing, but I feel like you're pitching a show to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> I just dreamed this. The and I should keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the how did shipwrecked work because like I don't remember the, how that, I think they just sent people on like a am I, it was like a, it was like a blind date but they went on yeah. like a because you can do a three day cruise yeah yeah it must have been a three day and cruise. it wasn't like, like a, a half hour show out of it that seems like a when a blind weird date ratio takes like yeah well probably for like one episode because ah. blind date I think they did did they do two or three yeah they did three per half hour like seven minutes each i think um sorry i don't know all i know is the great proof one was called rendezvous Ron, that's right rendezvous. okay now i remember oh, um i don't think i ever saw that anyway but yeah, ship, yeah. shipmates uh was i remember I, I was working at blockbuster in studio city and was it frank nicotero who hosted Street Smarts? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. he he rented at my Blockbuster, and I said, uh, "Hey, I just want to let you know that uh, y- you know you helped my roommate and I get through college uh, <laughs> as we were watching Street Smarts." He goes, "Hey, all right," and uh, he was very nice about it. Well, okay. Oh, wait, wait, there was one last because, and this one is actually um, an important cruise uh, milestone. Um, 
because uh, there was a one Simpsons episode uh, in 2012 called A Totally Fun Thing That Bart yes. Will Never Do Again. That's a good episode. Which is relating to the um, David, David Foster, Foster Wallace yeah. thing, mm-hmm. A Totally Fun Thing I'll, I'll Never Do. A supposedly fun a supposedly thing. fun thing I'll Never Do Again, which is all about his 90s uh, cruise, which really actually influenced how people with ironic detachment would uh, go on a cruise. Um, But I felt that personally I had taken that one step further because I have done it multiple times Uh and maintained my ironic distance. (laughs) Uh, All right. So thank you for 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 joining us oh, yeah. Matt we'll have you back for karaoke movies and for other things I'm sure <laughs> um uh this really should be a series um yeah and you can find not unlike when Mike Schmidt was here and he and I talked about wrestling. We got to have and you just kind of sat out the conversation. <laughs> we got to have Matt back on. We're going to talk about 90s video games and computer games. Oh, and oh, it'll be so much fun. You could do that without me. I mean, that's could, true. Yeah. So I'm gone. I, I um, would like if you just I mean, said dead. that sounds boring. <laughs> Why did you waste your life with that? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like the voice that my dad would say. Sure. All right. So uh, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. You can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com uh, this week. Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter at Davey Pretension, by the way. This week on the website, we've got uh, Shout uh, Factory Hammer Blu-ray reviews galore because yeah. I uh, reviewed The Reptile and West reviewed Quartermass 2 and Alex reviewed Quartermass in the Pit and Lust for a Vampire. So we've got mm. all these uh, Hammer reviews um, up there and then also as far as new movies this week you reviewed Blinded by the Light, Blinded by the Light. I reviewed Aquarella and Good Boys um, that's all available at battleshipretention.com as is the Patreon Tyler you're on Twitter at Tyler Pretension mm-hmm. anything to plug? Uh, not uh, not right now, no, but there's uh, some stuff coming up. Matt, where can people find you on the internet? At MR Matt Patterson, Mr. Matt Patterson on all the internets. You should change it to vacation. I agree. Vacation Matt would, uh, yeah, oh, oh, it's already taken. But that, that, that is easier to say than Mr. Matt Patterson using MR. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I yeah, it. I always say, because mine is Davy Pretension, and I never say it's with an EY, because you could also spell Davy right. just D A V Y. I just, oh, yeah. I, I just assume people will figure it out. I, I used to publicize a website that um, had a tilde in it, like uh-huh. the, the punctuation yeah. mark, <laughs> which was impossible to say like on audio. I'd be like, and tilde, ooh, and people would be like, what's tilde? I'm like, ugh, I gotta go buy a dot com. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here, Matt. Thank you. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.